It's time for the movie rain. Today's victim is director Jeremy Brown that is known for Friday 13 Vengeance, aka Vengeance 2.0 on YouTube right now. Hello. Hey, how's you doing, buddy? Tell us what other projects you got going on right now. I knew you had involved with 48-hour film as well as a new Freddy Krueger, a Nightmare on Elm Street type of film. Getting ready to shoot a film called A Bull Night. It's a Nightmare on Elm Street fan film. It's going to be a short. You're looking about 10, 11 minutes. It's got a really fantastic story and will definitely get you pumped up for Nightmare on Elm Street. We thought that'd be really cool. Yeah, we're, we're really excited to be doing working with Matt Shaw, this amazing horror writer out of the UK. He came up with a really great story for this, and so that's our next project right now. And with, the, with this film that you currently are in the works with, uh, who's actually playing Freddy Krueger in this? Uh, or is this still up in the uh, up in the air and stuff? Or are you still just getting this up? I mean, is this going to be up maybe next year sometime as well? The person playing our Freddy Krueger actually is somebody you might recognize from Ben. Actually, you won't recognize him because he was behind the camera. Our very own Dustin Montiris is stepping in to the makeup. Our uh, chief special effects guy on uh, Vengeance, Chad Buffett, has access to Robert England's actual face mask. So we could actually mold the pieces straight from Robert England's face onto Dustin. We're looking to have it out probably a little bit after March. We're going to be shooting in February. Hopefully March, April. I, I don't want to promise a date because I know how that is. April will make latest. Now, after directing Vengeance, do you feel that inspiration can rise to a, a, even a different level for you now? Or do you think you, you actually might be afraid of what you can inspire with your next project or even this project? I think when you do any movie, there's there's something you get from every film. And I, I don't know if it changes your you know inspiration as a director. I think you just you learn things from what you did with that film. And you try to bring the good things that you learned into the next project that you do. And you kind of forget all the bad stuff that happens. You know, there's no perfect film in it. If anybody says there is a perfect film before, it, it makes you pay very close attention to everything. And one of the best things you learn from that is you learn to work with a lot of great people at the same time. And it gets you more comfortable directing a large group of people versus, you know, if you're only working with one or two actors at, at a single time, it's a lot easier to focus. With this, you have to focus on everybody. And it becomes a challenge as a director because you tend to be a little more forgiving than you normally would. The fact is that you also work with Steve Dash and CJ Graham both being in the Friday 13 franchise, did it actually change your directorial vision in some aspect because you're working with people who have already had experience trying to get this vision out in terms of story? Well, one of the cool things with working with, you know, season that pros like, you know, CJ Graham and Steve Dash is, you know, Steve Dash gave me a phone call and that was awesome because I wasn't able to go down to Florida. I'm not a guy who likes to get on airplanes. I just don't care for him. I'm basically the John Man in the films. I just really don't want to be on an airplane. I was able to talk with him on the phone and give him a general idea of what it's looking for. Like he's such a pro, you know, he doesn't require a lot of direction. Just like CJ. CJ was able to take the very idea. I would give him a kind of an idea of where we're going with the story and he was able just to run with it. So it wasn't like I was constantly giving him notes. Either one of these guys. And Dustin actually stepped up and was directing in Florida with Steve. And one of the cool things was, is just Dustin's like, I, I don't even have to direct this man. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> You know, one of the cool things was Steve, with his experience, was able to kind of make really great suggestions to us. It wasn't like he was trying to boss us around because he was the expert. He was actually just really into the story, but he had ideas that could help. And he brought those up off camera and stuff like that and gave us time to actually work around the ideas. He didn't do it while we were shooting. So that was really awesome. You know, a lot of his ideas made it into the film. And CJ, he, he was great from day one. He was really attentive to me as a director. He, he respected the fact that I was director. He kept calling me off. He would always check in with me. He would ask how I felt about performance. He didn't treat me like I was an inexperienced director. He treated me like I was the boss. I knew what I was doing, and he would respect whatever I asked him to do. 
just overwhelming about him. He was he was phenomenal. Do you think having a fan film underneath your belt is a good form to show your craft than give anybody a false impression that it, as a hobbyist instead? There's the dangers of that. People are like, well, you just made a fan film. Anybody can do that. But you, you kind of find out it's a lot more nuanced than that. You know, you do have a built-in audience, but that built-in audience has expectations that you have to meet. If you're not a fan of this franchise and you try to go make one of these fan films, they are going to rip you a new one. So we have to go into it with absolute respect to the franchise. And I think it's important that you don't let the fan film take over your life. When we finished Vengeance, I think ultimately I was just proud of what we had done. A lot of the fans were really receptive to what we were trying to do. But I see it as an achievement in my personal life, but also an achievement for the fans. So I can move on to the next creative project and people will know that we put our heart in everything we do. Especially even the horror community, even people that are not exactly huge on Friday the 13th in terms of off and on, on on this franchise, but when they see the word fan film, especially let's say if, you're, if your name's attached to it and stuff like that, they'll have a different opinion about it, even if they haven't seen the movie. The fact is, like, oh, okay, someone just made a fan film. It's like, what's, in, what's up with these all these fan films and stuff? The fact is, it's still almost a message to these studios or a message to, you know, to give us something more of, of a different value, of a different perspective view, of a different anything but still keep that same element in in place in the center of the whole film and if you gotta have a couple of uh, fan films to prove that point that's the only way that's going to work if you can't just solely rely on studios just to hope to have a fresh idea of, of, a, of a new friday 13th a halloween or whatever because that's kind of rare now yeah and you know that, that's the biggest thing it's one thing to do a fan film because you're going to be judged harshly on it People are going to know the franchise probably as well, if not better, than you do. But if you do your own work, people can't criticize because they have nothing to compare it to. So I, I honestly feel doing a fan film is a lot more challenging than doing your own creative project because you have that audience that is going to judge every little thing that you do. Not that they're wrong. I mean, of course. We've all been watching this franchise for 40 plus years and it's just... <laughs> It's one of those things where you have to be 100% on what you want to do with a, a fan film, whereas with a creative project, you, you have a lot more freedom. You actually have to prove yourself as to how can you make something that's already a built-in vehicle that already exists, and how not just having to get the audience on your side, but having to make sure you have an even flow of the story, have an even flow of the characterization, how of anything is going to work out without making it look silly, without making it look too over, you know, gore porn. It just it could be a whole mess within like even the first week of shooting. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a lot of factors that we looked at before we even started making the film. You know, what what the fans wanted. Fans wanted kills. They wanted a lot of kills. And I, and I was surprised by some of the reactions that we got that people said there were too many kills. <laughs> and people thought the story suffered for that. So the fans have all sorts of different opinions and you got to respect them all. may not agree with them, but why else did you make a fan film if you didn't want to listen to your fans? And I think that's ultimately what we tried to do for our best ability. How do you feel when it comes to being a director, having after these current projects are done with, where do you think that your recognition is going to take place after these films are done in terms of uh, getting other additional work in your in your future career? I, I think as a director, people will know that we have the ability to take initiative and work off of a small budget. That's, you understand, uh, the movie industry is a business after all. And if they can see that we put this kind of work out, whether you like the film or not, it's still a very well done film visually and sound and all that and people will say investors will ask well how much money did it cost you to make it and then we'll give them a number that will blow their mind <laughs> because you gotta understand most of these Hollywood films a low budget film is considered about a million dollars we made this film for 50000 
So, you know, there's achievements by some of these small fan film makers, like, you know, Vince, Vincent DeSante made Never Hike Alone on, I think it was 17000 We made ours off 50000 Actually, it was way less than 50000 But it's just those little things that get people interested, like, holy crap, because we're able to make a film like that off that small of a budget. And I think that helps us in the future. It's not so much the fact that it's a fan film. It's just the quality that it is and the budget that we have to work with. And it's also, as far as visual presentation to other companies that might actually be looking for additional projects to add on to or additional talent to put on their projects as well, because here's what you have accomplished with this project in terms of the effects, in terms of even a directorial presence as well. And in some places, it can be profit over passion, unfortunately. It is a business, but at the same time, as long as you as the artist has that passion and still continue to show what you can show in terms of getting this project out there, you can still gain even much bigger opportunity because opportunity is always there everywhere you go you just have to figure where can you get that opportunity and it's about how is it going to work for you exactly and you know you create opportunities for yourself by putting hard work vengeance was it was hard it was a lot of hard work we, we spent a year straight and i tell you every day 10 to 12 hours a day working on this thing whether it's pre-production or whatnot yeah we put a lot of man hours into doing this but the reward more than anything is that we made a film and i think that's where a lot of people forget anybody out there making film deserves a little recognition a little bit of uh, applause because it is not an easy thing to do how do you balance between focus and the control of the story in a project without having any interference from outside sources i think the biggest thing that you need to focus on when you start doing a film is you stick to your script i think if you start taking a lot of outside influence it gets convoluted really fast and with as many elements as we had you know obviously when you make a fan film your fans are involved there's different things that suddenly change with scripts so now you have fans involved in the project you have to write them into the script therefore it creates a lot more different character arcs and it makes it a little more challenging to kind of keep that story going straight forward but introducing all these elements so once you have all that stuff figured out if you stray from that you're just you're going to be all over the place so just make sure you do all of that pre-production you'll be good to go i promise you <laughs> now do you think that it's best to actually use the audience as your influence or do you think it can be a little bit of a dangerous combination just to use that as your motivation to get these projects out rather if it's fan or non-fan when you make a fan film it's clearly for the audience but you also got to balance that with making sure that you as a filmmaker keep the passion that you have for making films there too so like you said it's got to be a combination you can't just do it for one or the other you have to do it for a combination of the both you have to both love the franchise and also love making films and also love your fans <laughs> you don't have that what's the point we've been very lucky that we've had a lot of people saying they'd love to see a sequel and that, that always means a lot that means they're really interested in the story that you've told and i know a lot of people definitely want to see it on the blu-ray and all that stuff i think the exciting thing about the blu-ray if we do end up in that campaign up soon pretty much everything that we get money-wise for that uh, blu-ray we can put right back into the shriner's children's hospital which you know we've already raised over twenty-five thousand dollars for so if the blu-ray runs well we're, we're going to help a lot of kids and i think that's the most exciting thing about what we've been able to do with this project is not only do we get a give fans something really new and unique but we get to help a bunch of kids while we're doing it have you ever thought of actually putting uh, Fire 13 Vengeance in different stream media platforms to where you can still do it without costing you any money and as well as not breaking any kind of copyright infringement laws or anything like that? We've always felt YouTube is probably 
probably the most accessible platform for streaming. As far as like Amazon or anything like that, there's too many situations where they have to pay you a certain amount per view or per um, minute. I, I'm not sure exactly how that model works, but there's no way we could really do that. So we're most likely going to just stay with YouTube and obviously Vimeo. We want to make sure it gets to everybody for free, and that's always been the intent of this film is for the audience to have it for free and watch it whenever they want. Go ahead and plug in any project websites that we can check out right now or even give a message to all the Vengeance crew and fans if you like. I want to say I'm really proud of my team. Came a long way, guys. Combined total, almost 700,000 views on Vengeance. That shows that uh, people maybe do like what we're doing. I want to plug the Up All Night, Nightmare on Elm Street page, ran by Matt Shaw. Come check us out. I think you guys will see that we're going to do something pretty awesome with the Freddy series as well. I am a lot of love for Mike the Movie Race, who has been uh, supporting Vengeance from the very beginning, doing all our interviews, helping out. So, a lot of love to you, man. There you have it, everybody. That is director Jeremy Brown. Yeah.